And welcome back to Fully Equip. Jonathan Wall here from Golf.com. Joined as always by Andrew Tursky from Golf.com and True Specs, Chris McCormick. Guys, we're all in different spots like normal. No banding, no 36 holes, no Hawaii for Chris. We're, we're back to reality. Back to reality. It's a it was so a harsh reality. In Memphis. Yeah, producer Mark is in Memphis. He's that, he's doing some he's doing count. some subpar work this week. He's always pounding the pavement, taking airplanes this way, that way, the other way. But uh yeah, the rest of us were although wait, Chris, where where are you at? Uh back in New York You're, again. Yeah. But I'm not in an airport this time. So so we got that going for us. <laughs> we don't we don't have the TSA lady screaming at us in the background. No, there's no uh, there's no Spanish undertones about uh, telling us to put our masks on and you know, make sure you don't take any luggage from any strangers. Yeah, Spanish undertones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's let's kick it off. Tursky, you and I are coming back from playing 103 holes. Yes, 103 holes of golf in three and a half days. Quick takeaway from from the Bandon trip. I just been in an ice bath. So <laughs> you and me both. All, all I've been doing. Uh, I go, I go back between, back and forth between the ice bath and a sauna, just trying to get the body back in shape. That's really yeah. it. It's a lot of golf. It, I haven't played that much yeah. golf in you know a decade. It was it was a lot of golf. Kicked it off the first day. We get in town and and uh, played preserve the par three. Hopefully, for those of you who are listening, you you kind of have these these great memories man that was just such a cool trip but but preserve to me is is probably one of the coolest most underrated courses on the property it's par three 13 holes um runs right along the the cliffs on a few of the holes it's just it's fun i mean they're all they're all playable although the wind was definitely whipping on uh on a few of them that were playing probably closer to like two bills instead of you know 150 160 so that's always fun um, Harry Higgs is out there. Harry's actually our interview for this week. And, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the interview, but he was great. Just, uh, love the honesty that comes from, from Harry, but yeah, played, played preserve first day, 36 holes the next day, 36 the day after that, and then top it off with 18, the final day. And each one of the days, Tursky, I don't, I don't know if you felt this way, but it's like, you're so excited when you wake up in the morning and you know, you're getting on a shuttle at 7am to go to the course and there's all this anticipation. And, and then by the time you get back in the evening at like 1030 or 11, you just feel defeated. I felt so worn out that like by the last day, we had a 6 a.m. shuttle picking us up to take us to the course to play trails a second time, Bandon Trails. And I was I was so defeated. I After two days of 36 holes, I, I don't, I mean, I looked at my, I looked at my alarm clock when it went off and I was like, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to play 103 holes in three and a half days? And I did it. You did it. It was worth it, but it was it was a lot of golf. Yeah, I mean it's 32,000 steps each day. Yeah, the wind's whipping on you all day, and I don't know about you, but my body's not in shape to be walking 36 holes, making all those swings. So I wanted to see my uh, performance fall off from the morning 18 to the the second oh, it's real i feel like i couldn't even swing it's, it's totally yeah, real i couldn't even swing that second by, by the time we were talking about yeah. just all arms all swings, arms like. yep. by the time we got to uh to pacific dunes on the second day of of back-to-back 36 whole days 
I mean, we, we got to like the last three or four holes. And I mean, you and I looked at each other and it's like, what, like, what the hell are we doing? It's just, <laughs> it is, it's literally all arms. It's, it was brutal, but also really fun. I wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, it's like, you can't really feel your lower half, but, but you're still happy to be out there walking the course. What, what would you say? I mean, we didn't, we didn't play old Mac. I've played old Mac before, but of the rest of the courses that you played, why don't you rank them? Bandit Trails, easy yes. number one. Love it. Like not even close. I think it's one of my probably like top five courses I've ever played. I loved Bandit That's Trails. Really good. Yeah, seriously. Um, number two, I would say the Preserve. I'm a huge sucker for uh, for par three executive style courses, and this was like the mecca of par three golf courses. I really enjoyed myself there. I thought it was a great test of your short game too. Like you had to be pretty dialed in on some of those shots. Your putting had to be firing. If you missed the greens, it was tough up and downs. Like it wasn't just a cakewalk, but it was also a great time. You know, you get the music playing, a couple transfusions and uh transfusions the transfusions were key for sure. It's a it's an alcoholic drink. It's an alcoholic (laughs) drink for those of you out there who We've never had one. Go to Bandit and ask for a transfusion when you're when you're uh, you know on the bogey train. <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> I, I'm tired just listening to you guys talk about this trip. Was... My back would have exploded and I would have died by day two. <laughs> That's how I felt. That's how I felt. But it's also like you know we had a couple people who were like I don't know if I'm gonna play. The next morning you know when you get back at like 11 from dinner after drinking and eating playing 36 in the day and then it's like yeah we have to wake up at 6 a.m for the shuttle and in the back of your mind you are thinking like maybe i won't play maybe i'll take it off but it's like you can't can't back out yeah, yeah. you're at bin and you gotta commit like the boys yeah, i know the there's there's there is definite there is some definite peer pressure there's some peer pressure out there to, to tee <laughs> oh, it up the next I... day for sure um, even, I mean, it's I like every imagine. night when we went to dinner, it's like you finish golf at like nine o'clock and you're going into the clubhouse, whatever course you're finishing on and you're having dinner. And I just felt like I was housing my dinner. I was exa- exhausted, starving. <laughs> uh, I don't, can't even tell you what I ate. Yep. I, I think I ordered like steak one night and I don't even know what it was. I think it was like, I think it was like, was it like Asian? I think we had like kind of Asian fusion style one of the other nights. I, I don't, I don't remember. I was, I was so exhausted, but um, all right, so you got you got trails, you got preserve. What about Sheep Ranch, Bandon, and uh, and Pack Dunes? Pack Dunes is okay. three. I thought Pack Dunes Pack Dunes is pretty unique. I liked it out yeah. there. I'm a big like visual guy when I'm when I'm playing a course. I want the visuals to kind of hit me right in the face. Um, I thought Pack Dunes had that. Plus, it was a pretty challenging course. And then Sheep, I thought was really interesting. Just kind of the layout and the routing of it, like. <laughs> If we didn't if we didn't have caddies, I would be kind of confused going from green to tee box. It was a little bit confusing how they cross, but I thought all the holes were really interesting. And then unfortunately I will say Bannon Dunes would bring up the rear. Not that it's like a course you should skip when you go out there, but I just think for me, you know, someone has to take last place and I think it's gonna be Bannon Dunes. Yeah. It's it's funny. I actually I would agree with you for the most part. I, I don't even know if I would have considered preserve i mean it, it definitely deserves consideration but i'm always thinking about the big courses i would i would almost go identical to you but i'd probably flip sheep in in pack dunes i love i love pack dunes it's such a great golf course 
But Sheep was really fun. For those that haven't been out there, it's it's the newest course. It's shorter. It's really playable, pretty wide open. I mean, you can see from a couple of the boxes. I mean, you can literally see the whole property, which I think is is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I loved the fact that there were really short par threes, like 100, 110, 115 yards. And you're thinking like, man, like why are there so many short par threes? And then you, you realize like basically all of them are into the wind. I mean, literally every one of those. Yeah, 115 into the wind, you're grabbing seven iron, I six mean, it's, iron. It, and it was, it was blowing, no it was shot. blowing like on a couple of 16 goes right along the cliffs. And it's, I think it's like 135 without the wind. And it was blowing. It was like a three or four club wind, like straight into the teeth. And I flighted, wow. I flighted a seven iron and hit it to like 10 feet and thought I won the lottery. Uh, you know, it was just like, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> nice shot, yeah, yeah, it was, it was fun, but it's just, again, it was playable. And, and I don't know. I feel like that like nowadays, that to me is like the big thing. I don't need a golf course to kick me in the teeth. Like I want one that's just like, one that I can play, that I can make some pars on, maybe make a couple birdies and, you know, not feel like I'm just going to be making a bunch of, you know, big numbers. And it was actually my one of my better rounds, so maybe that's why I like it more than uh, more than Pacific. But, yeah, all great golf courses. You just like sheep. You just like sheep because the, uh, the logo is fire. You just like I got the logo. The, I got the, t- I got the T-shirt the on t-shirt today. Right I, I did. I got, I got this awesome Seamus uh, camo head cover at Sheep with the Sheep Ranch logo. It's uh, probably my favorite purchase from the week. But, yeah, I mean, all the golf courses were great. Tursky and I had a great time. Um, you can't go wrong with any of them, whether you like Bandon Tops or it, it takes up the rear like it is. I, I, I'm just not a huge fan of Bandon, um, which is some people might think is sacrilegious, but it's just not one of the courses that really does it for me. But I would agree with Tursky for the most part, other than just sheep and pack switching spots. And Old Mac is probably back there with Bandon. It's just uh, green complexes are, are pretty intricate, but the overall property itself – kind of meh to me but fun trip if you have it what's like the consensus number one what do what do people say what do the people it's say? it's interesting though i've talked to people about it and i've gotten more that have said it's like trails to me is is the one course where people either love it or they hate it and well, i can't imagine hating well that it's course. but it's so like I'll, I'll talk to people and like niche. trails will be one or trails will be last it's never there in the middle for them. Hmm. And I think maybe some people just go to Bandon expecting the like link style experience and trails is definitely not trails takes you through the trees and it's just such a beautiful piece of property, but it's again, it's just different. So, and I think maybe people just are expecting a whole bunch of link style courses and they get to one that's not. And, uh, it reminds me a lot of like Pacific Northwest, just tree lined and, um, yeah, just like, just like the beauty of it. Plus, it's also nice to play a golf course that doesn't have the wind whipping like 30 the whole time. It is <laughs> it's nice a little bit of a reprieve. From, uh, the wind yeah. just whipping yeah. in, your, so, in your face. Yeah. yeah, it's but again, yeah, that seems to be like first or last. There really is like no in-between for trails. But um, yeah, just if, if you've played, if you've played the courses at Bantam before, hit us up on social. I'm kind of curious. Give me your rankings. We're at fully underscore quip. Just hit us up on Twitter. And let us know. I'll be I'll be curious to to hear people's takes. I think Tursky even posted some photos from Band on Instagram. We're at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Just put your rankings there. Kind of curious to see if Trails is tops or last. Like I'm like I've been saying. Who knows? I tried not to make it all photos of Band and Trails like I wanted to. I know. I know. So. It's tough. 
It is. It's just, like I said, it's just just a just a cool piece of property. But uh, if you haven't been abandoned, you got to go. Although I say that, and they, were, I was told that they are fully booked through for twenty twenty two. They're already booking out for twenty twenty three. So if you were planning on doing a buddies trip next year, sorry, they're, they're you're not doing that abandoned. At least there's there's a bunch of other courses out there to do twenty twenty three. I just I can't even think about booking a trip that far out. But it is it is kind of like what we've all expected post, you know, I, I shouldn't say post COVID cause we're still in it, but you know, it seems like everybody, there's this pent up, you know, energy for, or pent up demand, I should say for trips. Everybody wants to go play golf. Everybody wants to go on those buddy trips that they missed out on right in the middle of the pandemic. So it does make total sense. And golf as a whole is just blowing up. We've talked about that just from an equipment perspective. So speaking of equipment, should we talk a little bit more about Rory? We've got some more details. I know we talked about it last week on the pod. He did, in fact, <clears throat> play a Scotty Cameron 009M. The M stands for masterful. It's kind of like the updated version of the 009. Um, Rory actually got this putter back in 2016 at the PGA Championship. But this uh, last week at the Olympics was the first time that he'd used it in competition. I know there were some photos that I had posted and – it looked really close from the face side to the to the 009. It was actually it's actually a Newport that he had used to win the 2011 U.S. Open and the 2012 PGA. It's got that chromatic bronze finish. I mean, it's it's pretty unmistakable when you see it. Um, but this is different than a lot of the standard 009s. And one of the the traits about Rory's that I thought was interesting is he plays a deep milled face. So if you look at the face on his compared to the face on, say, Jordan Spieth's, Spieth's 009, now I know the face of it's worn to hell now, but you know it, it's got some milling marks on it, but Rory's are, are very pronounced. Like you can really see the deep milling marks on the face. And you know that's for, for in, in Rory's case, it's for fill purposes. He likes, he likes how you know the deeper milling marks kind of produce a different feel for him. Uh, just feels a little bit softer coming off the face. And Rory was actually, and this is kind of the most interesting part, he was actually one of the first players to use a deep-milled version of the 009. So, um, you know, Rory definitely has his preferences, and, of course, he's Rory McIlroy. So if he's asking Scotty for a deep-milled version of a 009, you know he's going to get it. He's getting it. So the putter went in play. Rory just missed out on, on meddling. You know, he, I think he said that was the hardest he'd ever he's he'd ever played fighting for for third place. But I know he really wanted to to get on the podium. So that's kind of where we're at with the putter. I guess the big story now, guys, is what happens this week. We, Rory said he was going to go home for a couple of days. He's not showing up until today. But I'm sure we're going to get some photos from Memphis. What do you think? Is he going to show up with the putter, or is he going to is he going to go back to a tailor-made? You have your phone on you, Jay. I do have my phone on me. We just, we just got a little group text from someone who just sent us a photo of his putter. So I think that might answer that oh, question. Oh wow! Breaking news. And you can see how deep those milling those milling marks Holy really smokes. are. Holy smokes! Okay, wow. Oh, well, I guess we're gonna break it here on the pod, uh, even though it's gonna come out tomorrow <laughs> live. We're, we're doing, doing it. Live. We're doing it live. Yeah, it's this. This is legit. Rory's got the 009M in Memphis. 
So yep. I guess I guess this is happening. He's he's going to use the putter again this week, which is an upset. I really I really thought he was going back to it. Really? This yeah, week. I would have thought. I he thought was... it was an Olympic thing. I Somebody I I, I That's said it what last I was thinking. Yeah, I said it last week. Somebody joked. They're like, "Does TaylorMade have jurisdiction in in Tokyo? You know, like is Rory using the putter because it's you know, it's an it's the Olympics and it's not a tour event." It was kind of tinfoil tinfoil right. hat moment, but. Wow. Okay. Well, he's going to use the putter. There you go. We don't even have to, to guess. There goes that, there goes topic. that topic. But it, it is interesting <laughs> again. And I think it just highlights the fact that, that tour pros, you know, you can go out and buy a 009. Um, you know, Scotty Cameron years ago, and this is kind of a cool story. I don't know if you ever told this one. Do you, have you ever heard the story about the circle T? Yes. No, maybe so. No. You asking yeah. me? I, I don't know the whole story. So the story behind the circle T, if you've never seen it before, it's it is a T with a circle around it. But kind of it's like at the bottom of the T is where Scotty starts the circle. So the circle doesn't go almost like all the way around. There's a little bit of, of an opening left. But it's it's denotes mm-hmm. a tour putter for Scotty Cameron. And the the way the story goes is years years back when Scotty was was first kind of becoming Scotty Cameron out on the PGA tour, he had a whole bunch of putters that were supposed to be sent to the PGA tour and some putters that were supposed to be sent to the LPGA and the putters got mixed up. And so Scotty was like, how do I like figure out what goes to the PGA and what goes to the LPGA? So this doesn't happen again. And what he did was he created this circle T for the PGA tour box. So any box that had that circle T logo on it, automatically was was bound for the PGA Tour. Well, I guess pros started to see the circle T on the boxes and they're like, that's a cool logo. And so Scotty was like, I mean, the pros like it. They, they're asking for stuff with that logo. So he stamped that logo on his putter and that became the circle T. And that's the circle T that you now see on all Scotty Cameron products. You know, you can't go to a retail store and buy a circle T putter. Um, but Scotty does, if you go to, uh, the gallery in Encinitas, such a cool spot. If you've ever, Chris, have you been to Encinitas to the, to the camera gallery? Yeah, I've been through the gallery. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet. It It's just, it's dang. I haven't been there you, yet. Dude, you gotta, you, next time we're out that way, we got to go over to Encinitas and check it out. It, it, I mean, you're going to, you're going to walk yeah. out of there wishing you had a whole bunch of money in your pocket to buy some Scotty Cameron's. Because there's just the coolest stuff in there. I mean, it doesn't last long because usually anytime Scotty sends out an email blast about new putters at the gallery, they're usually gone pretty quickly. But that's where you can go and buy a Circle T. You know, you can buy ones on the secondhand market. I mean, they're out there, but you're going to have to pay up for it. But this kind of just goes to show you that if you were to compare Rory's to like a standard 009, they're not the same thing. They might have a similar head shape, but Rory's getting deep milling marks. And if you're regular Joe Golfer, you're going to take whatever Scotty gives you. You don't get to, you don't get to ask for deep milling marks. Come on, man. Yep. So, well, there you go. Rory's going to use the putter again. That's, that's a, that's a, I will say that is a little bit of an upset. Um, but I feel like he found a little success with it last he week. Did. He's probably feeling for confident. Sure. I think, I think he, I think he definitely did. I think he, I think he definitely is, is feeling, feeling good about his putting right now. And that's certainly a part of his game that he's been struggling with. So, all right, well, Rory, Scotty Cameron, they're they're back at least for another week. We'll see we'll see how long this continues. You know, you've got the FedEx Cup playoffs coming. 
last time Rory ran the FedEx Cup, what did he have in the bag? Scotty. Except then it was a mallet version, but he did have Scotty. So I think he was even asked about that. Just, you know, why did he go back to this putter? And was somebody asked him, was it, was there something about kind of the success he had when he was younger with his putter? And he said, for sure. Like, yeah, definitely. Like there, there's a reason why he's going back to it. Just some good vibes. So maybe that's, there's something to be had there. If you've, you know, again, we've talked about that plenty of times. If you're struggling with a putter and you've got one you've had success with in the past, but maybe you haven't used it in a while, give it a try. Maybe, maybe, maybe you find something with it. Probably not, you know, a million dollar check for winning a tournament, but you know, maybe you can make a couple more putts, take a couple bucks off your buddy. So anyway, got to, got to take them out of the uh... contract. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's got a 13 club. Or is this like an amended contract now that he wants to have the, the sky? I would, I would, Yes, I do not know this for a fact. I think those deals are R14 clubs, but my my guess would be they they let him use the putter for right now and then if if things, you know, start to go south, they're working on something else for him. Maybe they're trying to find a way to replicate this putter and and get him something like totally custom, which, you know, nowadays seems to be the way that the way of being a tour pro, you know, we've seen it a whole bunch uh, with, uh, with guys. And, you know, it's like, if they don't, if they sign a new deal and something doesn't work that, you know, the manufacturers can typically prototype something for them. That's practically identical. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, if again, if something happens, but Hey, if he plays well, it's, it's such a tough situation because people are going to constantly highlight the fact that the Cameron is the is the determining factor here. And that's why he's playing well when, I mean, I get it. Putter's <laughs> really important. 13, 13 other clubs in the bag. Heck yeah, for sure. So, but you know, that's, it's, it's not what you're looking at. It's, it's kind of the optics of it. It's all you see is the putter. It's unfortunate for, I, for Taylor made. I just want to reference a previous episode. Now that, uh, that Rory has, has brought this putter out and put it in play. Now, uh, the timeout closet, <laughs> so with with the putter rotation this putter has come out of the timeout closet it's now in the rotation so just for uh for everybody out there it's real the timeout closet That's is a real callback. yeah That's absolutely a callback. Yeah. it's a real thing it is i I've, I've i've just like ever since we talked about that last week i have been thinking about the timeout closet like i'm just gonna put everything in there and just hope that it learns its lesson <laughs> Oh man! Uh, Timeout closet is great because then when you're playing bad, you can go shopping in it too. That's one hundred percent. Absolutely, yeah. it's it's stuff that you've had previous success with. Only remember the good times when it comes back out. It's going to perform again. Oh it's a thing. It is. It is a and thing. I would highly recommend the timeout closet for everybody. I, I do. I do need a timeout closet. Although I am, I am looking forward to to doing some testing with with this next product we're going to talk about. Tursky and I had a chance to go out to TPI. Was it about a month ago? Three weeks ago? I, I've, I've lost track of time, man. It was recently, probably within the last month, we went out. It was pre-banded. Yeah, pre-banded. Yeah, like three. My, my brain broke. Like banded, three, like so. three weeks ago, maybe. I don't know. Whatever. I, it doesn't really matter. We went out to TPI, Tiles Performance Institute in Oceanside, California. Had a chance to test all the new Titles T-Series product. 
Um, if you haven't checked out golf.com, we've got the full rundown on the new titles, T-Series irons, it's the T-100, the T-100S, T-200, T-300. There's also U-505 in there if you're a utility iron guy. But um, don't really want to do a, a regurgitation of, of that. But talk about a story that, that we wrote this week, Tursky. We, we talked about our testing experience. What, what was testing like for you with, with the T-Series line? What, what really blew you away? during the, during the session? I kind of just went in with an open mind. You know, I just wanted to hit everything and then look back at the numbers and see what was going on. Just keep an open mind. Cause you know, when you're sitting in the, in like the product meetings and you're learning about them, it's kind of really easy to like drink the Kool-Aid and be like, okay, I can't wait to test this. I can't wait to test this. It's like, you really just want to go in with a clean slate and see what's actually going on and form your opinion later and kind of listen to what the fitters say, which I think is probably the best way to go about that. Right, Chris, like just keep an open mind before you get a quote unquote fitting. That's a hundred percent. So many people come in with preconceived notions about what's going to work. They try and dictate essentially where the fitting result is going to happen. And it's, yeah, it kind of clouds the, uh, clouds the experience a little bit. I mean, if you come in and just go, I don't care who makes it, just get me the best combination possible. Yeah, the, the experience is much better. So I agree with that 100%. So I tried to tuck all my pre-biases. Um, but I mean, my takeaway is that I was most impressed with the T200, personally. Not that I got fit necessarily into a full bag of them. So I'm not trying to necessarily like prop them up just because that's what I got fit into. Because I actually got fit into mostly T100s. But the T200, I just thought the feel and sound and looking down at the irons, I was just expecting like a really thick top line and a lot of offset basically because it's more of a game improvement iron than the T100 or the T100S. And I was just really impressed. They felt soft. They sounded muted. Um, they have that new backplating on there, which I think really helped with acoustics a lot. It kind of hid that technology in, it packed it in and kept it from getting really high pitch. So I think that was my biggest takeaway. I am looking at my numbers right now. If you want distance, T300s are absolutely your play because they were, I'm not a huge math guy, but 16, 22, 22 yards longer basically. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a seven iron than the T one hundred. So T one hundred to T three hundred. That's what's, a big jump. What's the spin right difference? Spin difference was sixty five ninety eight with T one hundreds and then five thousand fifty three with T three hundreds. But the landing angle wasn't too much different. I mean forty eight point six T one hundred, forty seven point nine T three hundred. Um so I guess oh. if you need more spin, maybe the T300s aren't your play, but the landing angle is not too bad. I, oh, would they say, said, I would consider it playable. Title said they were going to a, a higher density tungsten to help with that uh, that apex height and landing angle problem that you sometimes get with uh, with some of the stronger lofted irons. So if the yep. apex height and landing yeah, angle was consistent, on, yeah. sounds like might be onto something there with that new tech. Uh, I would agree with you on the T200 for sure. That's uh, such a great transition from where we started AP3 and then first gen a T200, then this gen a T200. Big improvements, acoustics, visuals, performance-wise. Yeah, I think they've got something really nice there. And the T200 kind of lays right between the T100 and T300, obviously. For sure. 
by, by the name of it, you can tell. <laughs> but um, spin, spin wise, I was at uh, 5,700 with a 48.9 landing angle. So actually a little bit steeper coming in at. So, you know, kind of a nice hybrid, a nice playable hybrid. If you need a little distance, a little, little more forgiveness, I think those T200s are kind of, kind of a nice little wheelhouse to be in. Yeah, I think we're going to find a lot of players that fit into that T200. So it's kind of uh, almost something like the 790 that fits a very broad spectrum of players. So you'll get guys that are single digits and guys that are, you know, maybe in that intermediate category to even good ball strikers, but a little higher index playing those irons. What's like your rule for determining where you make these breaks at? Because like... I mean, looking at the numbers, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, I'm going to do T100 here, T200 here, T300 here. Do you have any, like, suggestions of rules for guys that are looking at their numbers? I mean, a lot of it comes down to just objective of player. What's the goal of the player? Where do you struggle? So if you want to carry longer irons, do you hit it high enough and spin it enough to, to justify having that longer iron in the bag? If not, then, okay, we've got a couple of options. We go high lofted fairway wood, we go hybrid, and if neither of those options really appeal to the player or they don't hit those as well as irons, then, okay, we can do a combo set and maybe go from T200 to T300 or T300 to T400 or whatever the case may be. So it it really kind of comes down to letting the numbers speak for themselves and then also just kind of checking that box for player objective. Yeah. It's uh, the one thing that did stick out to me. I mean, Tursky, Tursky and I, I feel like are, are pretty similar in the way that we go about testing. I, I would agree though, trying to find the break point is always tough. JJ from Titleist actually had a couple of good suggestions. Ones that I really hadn't thought about before. Obviously you're going to need a launch monitor to do this, but he mentioned just looking at peak height as you're going throughout the set. If, if you start to see, you know, he said peak height shouldn't really be changing all that much throughout the set. But if you start to notice like one being a little bit higher or lower, you know, and it's a one that's standing out. Maybe you need to look at getting a different club in there to, to try and, or maybe doing some adjustments to try and get it. Maybe it's a different shaft. Um, but that was one suggestion. The other one was just was looking at ball speed. He was saying, you know, about five to six miles an hour between between each one. If you've got you know two miles an hour ball speed difference from one iron to the next, you're probably going to end up with with pretty similar yardages and. That's when you need to look at something else. So again, it's just a different way of looking at it, and and not everybody has access to a launch monitor. But I mean, truthfully, if you're going to be buying a set of irons like this, and you're looking at trying to maybe do a blended set, you should be trying to to work with a certified fitter. Go to you know go to True Spec. Go you know go, if you got you know a fitter at your local club, go somewhere in in just come to True Spec. Yeah, I know. Just, just Chris, come see Chris, us at Chris, is, Chris, Chris, Chris has a lot of free time. Just, just tell him you want to, you want to do a, a fitting with Chris McCormick. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he can. I'm sure. Yeah, that's what he has. <laughs> Nothing but free time. Yeah, over. that's yeah. it. That's it. Wherever I'm at in the country, yeah. just, just come find me, and or I'll come to you. I mean, whatever yeah, we need to there do. We go. The, the one thing that did interest me. <laughs> I'll come is, to you. Uh, Tursky and I both, you know, T100s, they, they actually dropped in more tungsten. You know, they had that polymer slot in the back. And and so it's supposed to have a higher launch, but both Tursky and I, I noticed this with you and myself. We both actually saw a lower launch with T100s, which mm-hmm. I thought would be the opposite. I was totally expecting to just moonball that T100s, but but both of us actually just saw. I mean, mine was more significant than yours. Yours was, you know, minimal 
a little bit lower launch. I mean, the the launch angle on mine, I went from 7 iron at 21.4 to 18.7. I mean, that's, I'm already, I'm already, you know, I'm already got basically like tour <laughs> launch angle on my clubs, but that's, I was like, holy crap, that's a, that's a pretty significant drop for me. I mean, it helps. I, I don't have to manipulate anything. So, uh, yeah, I mean, your launch angle is wild. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at these, these numbers back to yeah. back right now. So just to give the listeners an idea, J wall, we're hitting the same, same club head yeah. here. T 100 J walls launch 21.4 with a seven Tursky's launch 15.2. Yeah. Wow. I'm hitting, I'm hitting it so much lower than I know. you. It, it works. It works on like calm days on windy days. I'm just like having a club. I'm just having to club up so much to, to keep it, you know, and that, that's just kind of, I've always been that way. It works out well because I've never had a problem holding greens, but yeah, windy, di- win- no, windy, sure windy days, man. It's just, it's usually, it's usually a, a problem. Although I, I shot my best round, um, was best round was at band, but best nine was, was on the back nine at, at Bandon. And it was whipping 35, 40 at times. And, and I had my best nine in the wind. I mean, it was kind of wild because I thought for sure I'd be toast, but maybe, maybe that was. You play pretty well in the wind for someone who hits it so yeah. so high. Well, thank you. I think some of that has to do the 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 TaylorMade golf ball. Not to like give them a plug because we went along with them, but it is it is a really strong ball in the wind. I've noticed like stability wise, it doesn't really move off its line. So um, yeah, testing was fun. T one hundred S I think is is going to be the big one that a lot of people are going to going to want to go try out T1 T200 I agree with with the changes the shaping it's a lot it's a lot more kind of in like toeing the line for better players so you can actually put it there at the top of the set which I think some are probably going to do I mean it's uh I think I ended up adding it in the four and five for sure I got a two iron in the T200 and then T100s in like six through pitch but I mean I saw carry i saw a total a total carry difference between t100 and t100s was was 10 yards of carry i mean it's pretty mm-hmm. crazy so um it was fun I, I i again go out and everybody tests differently i think for me it's it's always been about turf interaction if if the turf interaction isn't good initially i'm usually out on a club um and then from there it's it's visuals but yeah testing was fun go go try out the new stuff i think i think this titleist line more than than any of the recent ones is gonna is gonna turn some heads you really got to hit them all yeah make sure you yeah. hit them all don't just like decide that you're gonna hit one of the heads and like one of the heads and get stuck there because it's just not helpful yeah. and yeah I think like the set matches pretty well throughout all the different models. You know, nothing's like shocking from a dress that's so much different. You can't even stand it to your eye. Yeah. So yeah, that's you, my two cents. You might be surprised what you come up with. Uh, like we were saying, you might, might end up with a combo set, might go in thinking we're going to get T100 and then walking out going, man, that T200 is pretty sweet. Yeah. So. I know the more, the more I talk about it too, cause I only got the four iron. He's gonna, he's gonna the like, yeah. dang, maybe I should have went four through. I should have got four through seven, I think. Uh, no. But hey, I listened to the fitters. That's what the fitters. You already got me. too much juice. That T two hundred, you would have been, you would have been bl- blown it off the map. You, you, you need, you need something with with <laughs> a little bit more playability, workability. Not to say the T two hundred doesn't do that, but it's got a bit more forgiveness and speed. Um, I totally forgot to mention this before we get to the interview. Xander Shoffley, 
your 2020 gold medalist. I, you forgot that he won. No, the I just gold forgot. Medal. I forgot to like bring just it up like at the, the top of the top of the awful. show. I just I feel bad about it. I mean, it's it's pretty cool <laughs> that Xander goes out and finally. I mean, we've been talking about him. He's due to win a major. He's going to win a major, but his first big win. I mean, other than the tour championship, was a, which is a biggie. I mean, gold medalist. That's that's got to be up there with winning a major. It's cool to see Xander win. Uh, quickly through the bag with Xander, he is in the Callaway Epic Speed Triple Diamond Driver. With a graphite design, Tour AD BB7X shaft at 9 degrees. Fairways are Callaway Epic Speed Triple Diamond at 15 degrees. Maverick Sub-Zero at 20. With graphite design, Tour AD DI shafts. Irons are Apex TCBs, 4 through pitch. The Nippon Modus Tour 130Xs. He's got a Callaway Jaws MD5 at 52 degrees. A Titleist Vokey SM6, still an SM6 at 56. Vokey SM8 Love at that. 60 degrees. And a putter, which Tursky's taking photos of, you can find on our Instagram page at Fully Equipped Golf with the crazy amount of lead tape on the sole. It's an Odyssey O-Works 7. The CH is crank hosel. It's got more of that, like a plumber's neck, L neck, whatever you want to call it, in red. Can't miss it. And a Callaway Chrome Soft XLS prototype golf ball. Um, some of these products are, are, you know, prototypes, tour only stuff, but it kind this kind of feels like a trend with, with a lot of tour guys where they just, they got protos in the bag stuff. You, you just can't purchase is what it is. Hey, Chris, I got a quick for you. You work with a lot of the Callaway prototype drivers, right? Mm -hmm. Can you go through kind of like the progression of. Like, like lowest spin to highest spin or like most penetrating ball flight to highest launching through the set. I don't know if you could just reel it off offhand. I know I'm putting you on the spot right here, but on just I the, think uh, we're all interested in how like all the drivers line up, you know, because we know the retail versions, but how do the prototypes between like single diamond, triple diamond, triple diamond, LS, you know, there's a lot of prototypes out there that those guys play. I mean, there's, yeah, you've got in the triple diamond line alone, You've got the Triple Diamond, the Triple Diamond LS, and the Triple Diamond DS. So the DS is uh, their, their draw bias head, which actually for guys that like to hit little squeeze pull cuts works really, really well. Uh, LS is going to be kind of reminiscent of a neutral face Sub-Zero. So it's going to be a little lower launching, a little lower spinning, uh, but very, very clean at address. And the standard Triple Diamond actually does spin it a little bit more. Uh, but still that that very, very neutral face. Uh, all of them are going to be very easily workable. Uh, so you can work it left to right. Like I said, very clean, little deeper face design. Um, yeah. So LS, lowest spin, DS, got a little draw bias to it. And then the, uh, the neutral uh, triple diamond is, is going to be a, actually a little higher spin. So. And where does like the epic max ls fall epic max ls uh yeah. it's going to be in the lower spin category but still has a little bit more of that draw bias to it uh not quite as clean at address as what you're going to get into the triple diamond heads okay if you're playing an epic speed driver how do you make it play more like an epic speed triple diamond prototype so is that possible like, I, can you put lead tape and crank the hosel in a certain direction? And I mean, I feel you like can, you're asking really for the for like dime. the secret menu at, at In and Out. Like this is you, you're trying you're trying to get the secret menu, trying to get Chris to give up his trade secrets. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it, so are are we talking hypotheticals or are we talking about what yeah. you need? Process <laughs> up to kind of mimic what a triple diamond would do. What, oh my what gosh! What this has gone so far off the rails. <laughs> she was cracking. <laughs> Am I it's, the only one who cares? We can move on if, if no one else cares. Somebody else no, out there cares. I mean, it's just, it's a Someone it's definitely a wants different, to try a triple diamond that can't get their hands on it. It's a different type of head. I can tell yeah. you that uh, we do have access. Again, come to TrueSpec. Come see us. We do have uh, triple diamond heads that you can test, triple diamond heads that you can buy. No, if wow. somebody is is really interested in getting their hands on a triple diamond head, Callaway did do a release with uh, their custom fitting partners. So, unfortunate, it, not just us, we don't have an exclusive, but uh, if you were to go to some of their custom fitting partners, you can get your hands on a triple diamond and have an opportunity to test those against the, the LS, per se. Uh, but best way you can possibly get a LS to act like a triple diamond would be take that weight and put it all the way towards the toe, potentially take a uh, degree of loft off of it, just attempt to neutralize the face a little bit more so it doesn't have that draw bias to it. And if you want to get a little crazy down the rabbit hole, you can uh, even add a little hot melt all towards the toe. But again, that's going Ooh. into a uh, going into a, a custom shop. Tursky's all a, in. Uh, or a fitter. Eyebrows raised. Hot <laughs> melt. That's all you need to say to get and, going. And, and no... No access to hot milk. To anyone. Yeah, Lead tape. Fair warning Lead to anyone tape. at home. Careful with the hot milk because you can ruin your driver pretty or, easily. Or burn oh, yourself. Real easy. Really. It's yeah, not a, it's not a, uh, got to do a PSA with a don't try this at home. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You will ruin a driver. So, um, all right. Well, that's Xander's bag. Congrats again to the gold medalist. Worthy, worthy gold medalist for sure. It's, it's cool to see Xander win it. And uh, to see Rory Sabatini. Get the silver and CT pan with the bronze seven for one for a bronze medal. That was just wild finish, but uh, but but good to have. Uh, I would say it was a strong it was a strong week for the men for the Olympics. It was uh it was, you know some really some really quality names there at the top. Thought Hideki might get there, but again, congrats to Xander. With that, I think it's time to get into this week's interview. Had a chance to hang out with Harry Higgs Abandon. We actually did this interview at Pacific Dunes on the patio. Harry is a TaylorMade staffer, played golf at SMU. Um, I'd call him a rising star. He's, he played Corn Ferry, but he's definitely finding his way out on the PGA Tour. Certainly one of the more honest tour pros. I, I think this interview, it, it was all over the place. Gear, buddies trips, um, you know, the fact that some people kind of compare him to like a John Daly 2.0. It's, it is. It's a really cool interview and one of my favorites. Enjoy it. We have a promo code offer here from Mira Golf. Since 1957, Mira has been making the world's finest forged golf clubs, and now you'll have the opportunity to capture that feel with an exclusive offer for our fully equipped listeners. Through the end of August, Mira is offering 10% off its entire online store using promo code FE10. That's promo code FE10. Head over to miragolf.com to build your new set today using promo code FE10. So I've been covering golf for damn, almost 15 years. Feel, getting old. Kind of old. Getting kind of old. Uh, but, you know, I don't think I've met very many tour pros who are as real and genuine as our next guest, uh, TaylorMade staffer, Harry Higgs. Harry, what's up, man? Well, not a whole lot. Just uh, looking out on 
a unbelievably beautiful piece of property um enjoying some time at bandon dunes with you guys yeah and we're we're sitting here at at pacific right now uh back behind us is the punch bowl there's some diabolical holes here i'm looking at number nine right here it's like maybe 15 20 feet straight up the hill to a to a plateau it's pretty wild yeah there looks like there's some holes here that you are you you might not finish like it's just going to you know you're just going to get fed up and pick your ball up and go to the next yeah. is this your first time at Bannon? yeah i guess second time i was here i should have probably looked this up because everybody's been asking but 2011 or 2012 we played a college event here we played old mcdonald um but didn't see anything you know it was a golf tournament and i don't know that we took it as serious as i take golf tournaments now um but we just kind of hung out. I do remember staying in one of the cottages, and then we just went over there and played and practiced and played three rounds and then left. Um, so it, I guess, kind of, yes, it is my first time seeing everything other than just the one golf course. So we played Bannon Dunes and Bannon Trails yesterday. What did you think of those two tracks? <sighs> well, they couldn't really have been much more different. Um, yeah. I love Bannon Dunes. You know, it, it's just so fun especially for me, I'm sure for really everyone that comes here that you are actually playing, you know, as links as links gets in the United States of America. And I hit a couple seven irons from 120 yards yesterday. Like it was windy. I think we got a true abandoned it day. Was, it was whipping. Yeah. I hard. mean, it was so fun to do that. And then abandoned trails kind of lulls you into, ah, oh, this is pretty similar maybe. And then all of a sudden I was just in like, you know, the forest in Oregon, like that was, so they kind of shocked me thinking I'm in Scotland, let's say playing band of dunes. And then they shocked me back and reminded me, you know, I'm in Oregon with, with trails running through trees and everything. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that a place like that was on this property. I just, I, you know, I don't, I didn't know a whole lot about Bandon, but, um, what a treat that band and trails was. That was sweet. Trails. I wasn't expecting at all. Yeah. You get it's, back in those. It's my favorite. Line. Yeah. It's, it's so good. I loved it. It was yeah. Yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's, and it was warmer up there too. I get out by which that, was, which was a yeah. nice break. I yeah, you get out by that coast. That, that was a cold wind, getting beat on <laughs> by the wind. <laughs> but here's here's the crazy thing. So we're out there on a couple of these holes. Par threes were the ones where I really saw it. And Harry steps up and he's like, "Oh man, I love this!" Like right into the teeth of the wind. It's blowing strong twenty, and this guy's just up here like rubbing his hands together he's like so happy and i thought you know that's like the epitome of a tour pro like a guy who really gets excited about those like truly difficult like nine out of ten shots yeah i mean that's challenge of it yeah it is and just you know i don't i don't know what the old adage is but there's something to be said like when we or really any anybody of a higher skill level or mid skill level golfer like if they can identify that this shot is difficult there is one option for me to pull this off. We always pull it off way more. I mean, from tour pro to, you know, 10 handicap, you know, the uh, punch shot through trees or my, my punch outs have been horrible. So I've been looking up into the trees recently and it's like, oh, there's a little gap. I can just hit it through that. And I've been hitting it basically through trees. Um, but yeah, just the one option. And then also just to kind of, you know, let's see how, I can bring the ball flight down and let's see if I can strike it solid enough to, to hold a bit of that wind. Yeah. Quite honestly, yesterday I was, I wouldn't say disappointed because even the downwind holes were beautiful, but like the downwind shots really didn't 
pique my interest. Let's just fly straight and bounce more. Like the end of the wind ones were so fun. You do hit the ball pretty high, as I've noticed. What kind of like adjustments yeah. are you making? <clears throat> so growing up in, in Kansas City and then obviously playing college golf in Texas at SMU, uh, I've played in a lot of wind. Uh, and quite honestly, like I never really hit it high. Um, <laughs> I switched to the it's what seven seven p seven seventy Taylor made. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into those. <laughs> yeah, we can get into that. Yeah. Well, yeah. you just asked us what you're playing, but so. that's why. Yeah. Well, I think it's p, yes p seven seven. Yeah, p seven seven. Yeah, that I know. It. You got um, it. Those have been launching higher, so I have had a little bit of an issue. Well, okay, so it's not really an issue because they're launching a little higher, but they're faster. So they're going the same distance that I would expect, you know, a flight at eight iron to go to. It's just coming out of a different window. Like I have always been able to bring the ball flight down and I've always struggled to hit it in the air, you know, on a firmer, faster golf course. I would have to kind of, if, if possible, land it short or more look to either you know know that my ball might bounce through the green or might bounce off the left side of the green or use a slope to kind of collect it and get it closer to the hole which I was cool with man like I that to me was fun got me more engaged you know I was able to just kind of like get a better understanding of the golf course but no I've been launching the ball way higher than normal and it is a positive you I'd say one out of three courses we play on the PGA Tour but especially by the weekend, they kind of just kill the water and it's starting to bounce again. We, yeah. we call it, they do their, they do this really weird thing that from Friday night to Saturday morning, everything gets about two, three feet faster and it bounces another <laughs> two, three yards. They're it's doing their thing again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I've, I've always been good at it. Uh, my window has had to change with, with these irons. And I think I just realized that like a few weeks ago, I kept trying to flight shots. I was like, man. They're still like for me. For me, they're not flighted, but they're flying as if they are. Like it's it's kind of a more mid level shot, but the thing comes off hot enough and is still going through the wind. That probably has something to do with the golf ball helping me out too. Um, yeah, no, I've I've always enjoyed that. I've always had to do it. You know, I've always at at school we, you know, after my what two years we had first two years at SMU, we had a few kids come in from California and it was clear that, you know, I grew up in Kansas city hitting it low and boring. And these guys grew up in places that wind does not blow and the ball just goes to the moon. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was fun to see the differences. And then it was fun. Like I needed more of what they were doing and they needed more of what I was doing, especially when conditions were, we were playing golf courses with some wind and everything and firm and fast or, no, it was that that part was fun. It was fun to see the the contrast of like how your game is based on where you grew up. Yeah, I know we're gonna get into gear in a second. I just want to ask because I didn't play with you guys yesterday. Like, what did you shoot yesterday? Because you're a tour player. We have amateurs that listen in. Maybe they're one two handicaps. They sure. think they can keep up with the tour pro. You know, I'm just curious, like what you shot and kind of your experience playing with guys like that yeah who are like yes i can't wait to play with harry higgs let me see where my game matches up. okay um i shot four under yesterday and we played yeah we played the gold or no sorry not gold green, green tees. tees yeah yeah so just like one up from yeah the, from the back which was very short for me um that doesn't it should equate to lower scores like i 
probably could have done even a little bit better. I didn't. You know, I shot four under. That's the score that I shot. Um, but you were you were throwing some darts. It was just like yeah, like burning edges and stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah, and sometimes they just don't drop. Oh yeah, <laughs> we were going on about a month or so where they're just they're finding the edges <laughs> instead of dropping in the hole. Yes, but I mean that's the way the game is. Um, the way that I think I could best put what it's like as an amateur, whether you're a ten handicap, you know, you're a scratch golfer. I I'd love to every now and again you see what would a what would a scratch player shoot at a tour event you know what would and yes it's possible I would love on like a you know the Monday after a tournament to somehow simulate all the other stuff that you know, we have to go through go you know deal with throughout a round of golf for that scratch player or even a a plus 4 or something that could yes absolutely shoot under par on a PGA Tour golf course now could they shoot under par with 20,000 people around, a camera following you, people yelling, you know, just like just, just, the just, just movement and, yeah, you know, the scorecard in your back pocket. You're not playing for zero dollars like you're playing for your literal livelihood. Um, that gets very different. And there are, I'm sure, some very fine, you know, handicap golfers that are plus handicaps or scratches that – that would turn into like, I'm just going to show off for these people. And that's like kind of what you have to do to deal with all of this. Um, but it's extremely rare. And it's rare even sometimes for me. Sometimes you just like, oh, I really don't feel like hitting shots in front of people today. But you you don't really have a choice. you got to find a way to kind of either block that out, accept it, you know, laugh about it, whatever it may be. Um, and then if – we had, you know, let's say Jonathan, we played yesterday together. Let's say Thanks we wanted for the tip, by the way. Yeah, you got it. That but let's say <laughs> we wanted share this to. Tip? He's a he's a big guy. Standing further away from the golf yeah. ball, it and made all was, the difference oh, in the yeah. world. Yeah, but he's, he just he, I just told him like at the beginning of the round, I'm like, hey, look, I'm not at a spot right now where my game is in great shape. So if you see anything, just let me know. He was, yeah. he was a nice guy, and he just kind of like casually told me as we were walking down the fairway, and I was like, all right, cool. And it, it made a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, and he, I mean, he's a bigger dude, and you're, you swing it well, and you're athlete enough that, like, clearly something simple like that, and it's you, it usually is something so simple. Like, there's usually something in setup or something early on in a swing that, that people do that they probably don't realize is forcing them to do other things, you know, the kind of cause and effect of it. Um, it's it even obviously even for me it's it, it's always the simple things and then you can get into more of what you will call it the nitty gritty and if you want to cut the ball you need to swing with you know your face needs to be this and your path needs to be that and all this stuff like I pay people to tell me stuff you know about my path and everything like if I want to I mean seriously my answer to a lot of when people ask me especially these tailor-made guys and they ask me you know walk me through how you flight a wedge it's like do you want me to give you like the answer that I've heard that is kind of the, we'll call it, and no disrespect, but like kind of the geek out answer. Do you want me to tell you like how I do it? I just mm -hmm. kind of visualize the ball going lower. At some point, somebody said, you know, maybe put it back in your stance if you want to hit it lower. And then I just kind of hit it, right? Like, I think that's an acceptable answer, though. Like, you're awakening that inner athlete. I think sure. visual, visualization is huge. And I think it's like an underrated aspect of a pre shot routine. A hundred percent. And when my, when my vi visualization is is good and successful, I'm just it makes it easy. You just turn your brain off and hit and hit and walk and hit and hit and walk, and you wind up having a few more birdie chances. And hopefully, they don't burn the edge like they have been doing recently. But we'll talk about that. No, yeah, you just 
it I think people overcomplicate the game that we play. I mean, it's a seriously complicated game. But I always liken it to, you know, guys in the NBA that shoot 90% from the free throw line. They dribble the ball a few times, look at the rim, and throw it. They're not thinking about where their elbow is. And at times, they might be struggling, and they might need to go into the technique of it and the nitty-gritty. But, gosh, they just they just look at They do the same routine. They look at the rim and throw it, and it goes in. It's simple. Very simple. So you've already kind of touched on piece 770. It's – it's a little bit more of a tech iron, which I know that some of the guys out on tour use, but more towards the top of the bag. Use a full set. Yeah. Um, and you kind of mentioned some of the benefits that you've seen, but what's your testing process like when you mm. get a new set of irons, especially something that's probably different than maybe what you've played in the past? Um, yeah. There really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's the best <laughs> answer ever. There really isn't a whole lot of testing. It's, uh, hey, send me these. I'm struggling to... And so, so I know, and my coach Corey Lundberg back in in Dallas, you know, he's he's who I pay to tell me what the TrackMan numbers say. And yes, I know what what they should and shouldn't say, and all this stuff. But I'd rather somebody that literally is an expert in this tell me. So they, I said I was struggling with the the new MCs, just literally looking down at them and thinking that I'm going to hit them solid. Like it's just a smaller iron, and it's something that. You know, a lot of guys like it's it's thin. It I mean, it looks super clean, but I was just having a hard time like striking them solid and getting the getting the distance. You know, more so because they were coming off a little slow. Um, so it's like, all right, send me these. I called them, you know, hacker irons. Send me these game improvement <laughs> irons. They're not. They still look like well, they're a little like thicker a than knife to me. But they're, yeah, they're yeah, a little thicker than I than I, you know, me yeah. or you know any sure. tour pro would play. And we just hit uh, four or five, six irons, quite honestly, and uh, got probably two or three mile an hour ball speed. And then I didn't really know at the time how much they should spin. I guess I just never really looked at that number. Um, it's just like, hey, Corey, do they spin enough? And he's like, yeah, um, almost even a little bit more. And it was like, okay, well, cool. Now that the true test for me was, all right, let's get on the golf course. Let's hit a few into the wind shots. Is this like – so hot and so fast when I, especially when I flight it down, <clears throat> that it's going to go through the wind and, you know, one hop over the green because over the green on the PGA Tour is usually bogey or worse. Usually you got a chance from the front, somewhere around the front, and then usually one one of the sides, right or left, whatever's not short-sided pretty much. And then I threw some balls in the rough, and it's like, okay, if I can control it from here and it's not coming out screaming hot and, you know, maybe even flying over a green – that would have been the, hey, these don't work. I need to, you know, either maybe do, maybe split up the set. You know, maybe in longer irons, this is the play because I feel like I can get them in the air and I can have a bit more control and just a bit more confidence in, in strike. And that all comes from just looking at the club for me. Um, but no, it was through the bag, everything. Everything did, everything was going a bit higher. I don't know that I realized that until I started playing like tournament golf. I was like, man, I can really throw this you know six iron up in the air Which way more than i ever on see a, at a, on tour level 100 percent. yeah it's yeah. about uh, honestly about one in three tournaments and especially some of the harder courses or the bigger events you know a major or the like that's like at some point during the day you are going to have to throw it straight up in the air and get it to stop very quickly if you would like to score you know <laughs> or if you'd like to make it easier because again if it flattens out and bounces over the green that's rarely ever good um so that that was really about it. I think it was 
maybe not as simple as I would, uh, you know, lead on for it to be, but it was just briefly looking at uh, basically spin numbers. You could clearly see, I mean, I, the, you know, I hit balls in the bay and he's got it up on the TV screen. I can clearly see that, you know, I'm getting like low 140s in ball speed, which I've never done with a six iron. Um, so that's kind of cool. You know, everybody likes, loves hitting it further now. Yeah. And I love it too, but I love it when it's controlled. And these were way easier, way easier to control than I thought they would be. I really thought I was going to start having an issue um, in rough. And I, the first, the first event I think I played with them was Honda, uh, probably early March down at PGA National, and they've got you know thin, wiry Bermuda rough that you will find yourself in a lot because the fairways are narrow. <laughs> Usually, one side of the hole is just water, so you're going to hit it. You know, on six there, there's water all down the left. Like you're going to hit in the right rough if you play that golf course for four days, probably three times. Um, now. Those usually jump and are crazy, you know, thin Bermuda rough, and it really wasn't. It was they still jumped a bit, but just very normal, like it was the irons that I'd been playing before. So that was we were a one and going. I think I like gained seven or eight shots on approach that week. So wow. it was like that was the that was the last little nugget, and that was the easiest sell for me. I mean, it's it started with I wanted to look down at something that was. A bit more forgiving, give me a just honestly just a bit more confidence through the bag that like even if I do miss it, it's gonna go maybe a little further. It's not gonna come up like way short. I can still miss hit it bad enough that it comes up way short. Um but no, it just made it a bit easier and then they weren't kind of crazy. I still had some control, so they're in the bag and they will as I go, they will probably stay in the bag for a long time. Does it make you laugh when you kind of go through bag setups around here? Or you get paired with someone, maybe they have blades or even smaller irons than yours, and you're just like, "Yeah, idiot." <laughs> I guess, yeah, I really don't. I, I mean, I really don't pay attention to what's, what's in other people's bags, to be quite honest with you. But yeah, there are some guys that are, you know, and again, that scratch player, you know, that is so obsessed with having blade irons, and and they might be, you know, a, a great swinger of the club and and skilled enough to use them, but you know, if I'm over here using, I would, you know, jokingly call them game improvement irons, like why wouldn't you, you know, you, and there's just so you usually that, you know, scratch player has, has done, oh, I've hit blades forever. And it's like a macho thing, right? Like I, I'm going to, I'm the guy that hits blades at our club. It's like, well, yeah, you, you might literally shoot lower scores if you don't swing those irons. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the, the end game of all this is to shoot the lowest score possible, right? So it may be, and it, look, it might not work for everybody, but I think most people could use. Actually, if, if a PGA Tour pro is, you know, worried about his miss hits and where they go and how far they, then everybody should be. So yeah, it's it's worth taking a look at maybe hitting something that's a little easier to hit and maybe has a bigger sweet spot and maybe is more forgiving, you know. And, because I can guarantee you, we all hit bad shots uh, plenty throughout a day. Even days where we shoot, you know, six, seven, eight under, we've hit some bad shots. <laughs> Tuck that ego a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So your generation has grown up with launch monitors. I mean, the, the proliferation of launch monitors yeah. out on tour. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday walking down the fairway. Uh, you know, not only just guys on the range, but guys on the golf course now that are they're using them. But as I hear you talk. I'm like, man, this guy is, is a little bit more of a throwback. You, you seem to be more feel 
how do you kind of balance the the like launch monitor numbers and you know kind of the importance that those might play in you know helping optimize your bag and your game versus that feel side that you like grew up sure you know since you were yeah. 10 and like that's what you know yeah. like kind of how to flight it based more on visualization and feel it's a I wouldn't I would say it's relative it's kind of difficult to balance that um I think yes now we are in the age of launch monitors for sure I I you know I'm 29 now I've played professional golf for like seven years I've kind of been seen both right like I haven't seen both at the PGA Tour level by the time I got to the PGA Tour everybody had something behind them on the range right it's just like constant or if you didn't the track man guy or um, whatever the quad thing is I think it's quad GC quad, yeah, GC yeah. quad yeah, yeah. That there's a literal rep that is just standing there ready for you if you like raise your hand and be like hey I'd like to hit some with the track man or the quad behind me um so yeah my PGA tour experience has been like holy cow everybody's using these things um I have certainly asked again that kind of everything goes through Corey my coach is like do I need to buy a track man or one of these things is there like peer pressure to well 100 percent I've yeah, and I've asked that. that question you know probably yeah five six times in the last two years i've been out there he's like no nah, i don't think we really need it you know when he comes to events he brings his and he uses it and though that's you know some of our best work is where i'm on the range i can't even see the numbers right back home in the bay with the tvs on and the number and everything i can kind of pick up the numbers here and there um but it is it's kind of just like something that everybody's doing to to help them get better and there is in my opinion, such a thing is uh, way too much information. And there are times where the track man needs to be turned off and we need to like hit golf shots because out on the golf course, it, <laughs> you can much like holding a putt, you can make a putt many different ways at many different speeds. You can hit a You can hit a cut six iron many different ways. You know, it, yes, there is an optimal way to do so. And I have learned just at seeing what's, you know, best for me. And there's times where it's like, God, it's not cutting. And then you, pull out the track man and you realize maybe your path isn't as far left as it normally should be or the the club face is a touch closed I I think personally if I can come to that realization without the technology behind me when I am struggling to cut it or flight it or something like that that's something that will like stick with me on the golf course a little better so you know I've kind of solved it on my own and then I'm able to go out on the golf course when I have that certain shot that I've been struggling with I can use my own solution instead of the technology solution but it's kind of one of those things everybody's doing it everybody's getting better you know with that help that yeah, I'm not like I don't not use TrackMan I don't use it on my own that's the thing like there's always somebody there that is maybe more of an expert and you know parses whether or not I need to tell Harry like yeah, you need to you're struggling to cut it you need your path to be more left like poor Corey has to to kind of decide what to what he can and can't say to me um and he's gotten really good at over you know three or four years picking when to say like dude you can you just swing it further left like that's just gonna you know left path is just you're just gonna cut it you know it's kind of simple things like that it's an interesting it's an interesting time for golf too I mean it's yeah, and I, I you play practice rounds now, and guys bring them out on the golf course. Yeah. I don't really understand that. Like that to me is still such a sacred place, and it's not that you know having a launch monitor out there with you on the golf course is like it's a like sin or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just like ah, man, out here on the golf course, we need to create more. You know, I'm I know I'm at my best when I'm creating more, and there are times when that's difficult, right? And you maybe your form is off, or you don't quite have the skills that you 
you wish you did, and that becomes. But that's part of playing professional golf, playing it consistently at a high level is figuring that stuff out. Yeah. And that the golf course, I don't think I'll. We'll see. You guys, you guys follow along, but I don't think I'll ever have a launch monitor with me on a golf course. Ooh, All right, keeping them go. to that. So and I, I also yeah. being loaded. <laughs> I also don't know that they will ever show me on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday on the golf course anyway. So there might not yeah, be. Right. I might get away with it. There might not be any visual evidence if I do. But I don't ever plan on ever having a launch monitor with me on the golf course we're gonna keep tabs on you around on tour now. please do kind of going back to something you said before about just fan interaction and people screaming stuff and you know what you were saying about that you're kind of becoming a man of the people like people almost see you as like a john daly type sure in the making are you liking that do you like the Oof. way fans see you or is there's that pressure or you know well yeah it's certainly uh a new a new dynamic a new pressure if you will to kind of deal with um it's not i don't think it's a bad thing but it's just something that i have to like take into account now right i mean and how i'm viewed from people is you know i I think if they were you know to spend some time with me they're not too far off like i do try my best to enjoy my golf i certainly am extremely fortunate you know i've I've played mini tour golf. I've played golf all around the world. I've played golf at the lower levels. I was not, you know, a all American that got some sponsor exemptions and turned it in. Like it, it's, it's, it is, it's so different. It's, and it's still so odd to me you know, we've, we've been here for a day and a half and I have had a few people stop me. And I've also walked by a few people that like clearly recognize me. And it's just like, I don't know whether to stop, you know, and I'm not really like stopping. I, at some point, I'm probably going to stop in front of these people and be like, "Yeah, I'm who you think I am." Like, you we, know, we, what's your name? How you doing? Like, we had that on preserve on uh, the very first day we're here. This guy comes walking down the fairway. He goes, "Hey, man, Harry Higgs is up there." And I was like, "Oh, well, really? Yeah, well, that's cool. <laughs> Who's that?" But yeah. it, was, it was awesome. Like, yeah. just again, just to like you know, everybody's recognizing. But the cool thing is, is that you take the time to like just talk to him sure and, like, yeah hang I mean, out like the guy abandoned yesterday who's making the turn who just wanted to come say hello yeah. and you're just there like just hanging you know it's it's cool to see you amongst the people yeah. just hanging and, out yeah yourself. that that will always be a, a really cool part of what i get to do um something that i think anybody that does this would wish that you would be recognized and you would be you know people would it, it does it makes you feel it makes me feel special it makes me feel like all the work that i've put in to get to this point was worth it, you know, but that's also, I didn't, I'm not doing this to be noticed. I'm not now, you know, again, kind of similar to the track man and everything in this day and age, like there literally is a reward for being noticed more now on the PGA tour. Um, yeah. How much do you put into that? Like are people taking that seriously though? I would, I I think the guys that are going to wind up winning are just going to always, you know, the top 10 are just going to always be the top 10 and, and, what they do for the game of golf is far greater than what I currently do. And maybe not always will be. Um, so they should get compensated for all that they do for the game and for the tournaments that even I play in. Um, my tinfoil hat's been on pretty hard. I think some of this stuff might be staged out on social media. Um, um, really? I don't, yeah, don't want to get into yeah. it right now. I, I wish, I, wish I had more insights because I would certainly <laughs> share them. Uh, my thought is that, yes, some of this is. And 
See, and, he agrees. And who's to? Well, I, mean, I agree with you too. I mean, I think your tinfoil hat fits just right. Let's go. And who's to blame? The who's to blame him for doing that? Yeah. Like this is yeah. the first time that there's ever been compensation. It and the the kind of misnomer is that it doesn't include you know performance on the golf course. Obviously, the more you perform, the more you're shown on TV and everything. Like the performance does actually matter, and probably matters a lot more than most people are joking about all this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, top players in the world probably. I kind of agree with the argument that they might not be compensated enough, which is, I'm sure, laughable to some people because you can, and you know, the part that the sometimes irritating and just kind of like eye opening part of all this, you can literally just get on an app or Google like how much money I've or they've made throughout a year. You know, I I find that to be odd. I wish at times that wasn't the case because, again, it's a extremely nice perk, but none of us got into this game to make a ton of money you know it's I, I mean yes at times i literally just play golf for money i'm i'm not really that you know a week that you're not that skilled or you don't feel like you're really you know playing that great or you're not really able to get in contention you just kind of band-aid it together and have the best finish you can and you get paid for it i mean i guess it's more you you do that throughout a year so you can keep your job and keep your card you know like guys are way more worried about you know the FedEx cut points than they are the dollars and cents that come with all of that. But it's a extremely nice perk. Um, it just, it just makes things a little interesting, but no, I mean, it's, it's odd. It's still very odd me being noticed. Like, and, and I don't have, I don't have a ton of people follow me out on the golf course at tour events, but it's starting to be more and more. And it's like, and sometimes it's just laughable. Like, man, I can't believe these people are here watching me play golf. Like Rory McIlroy teed off, you know, 30 minutes in front of me. Just go watch him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like he does things with golf balls that I can't do. Like, just go watch him. That doesn't mean I can't beat him. Um, I, mean, I have a few times, and I would like to beat him more often because that means I'm doing well and I'm performing well and I'm – I probably have a chance to win in the tournament if you're beating Rory. Um, Ooh, Harry and Rory got beef now. Yeah, let's go. I, yeah, I guess we'll, you. We'll, we'll like fake create yeah, all this. Got to get that yeah. pip coin. WWF. So, last question for me. Is, you know, we cover the tour a lot from a gear perspective, but you know, you've worked your way up the ranks. You were, like you said, playing mini tours. And I'm always curious. You know, we see the giant equipment trucks out on yeah. site every week. You can literally walk into one of those and get whatever you want. You've got reps from, you know, shaft manufacturers. You mentioned, you know, launch You've, monitor guys. Reps Literally for everything. Everything. The amount of things that just get like thrown into your locker. It's like, oh, hey, you know, uh, there was at John Deere that um, one of the guys was is pushing, you know, was pushing it just jokingly, but like these like recovery sandals or something like that. Like, and there are the the. It's literally there. I mean, literally, I mean, literally everything. everything. I had yeah. two pair just put in my locker. Like I don't even remember asking for these. Yeah. Like, and yeah, you know, I kept them because they're extremely comfortable. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know what they're called. Endorsement. I don't even know what they're called. They're extremely comfortable, but they don't really look that stylish. Not that I ever really worried about my style, but <laughs> the amount of free things, yes, that that somebody is literally on site, literally ready to hand out, is to me hilarious. Still. Yeah. But compare it to compare it to like a mini tour, like yeah. for people that maybe don't know what. Because again, we're just talking about the gear side from the tour perspective. What is it like from a gear perspective out on? The yeah, course? I mean it's what, what I mean apples to oranges. Like they're it's totally different. I mean I won the PGA Tour Latin America money list. Um, I remember 
qualifying for the, you know, going to Q school early January. And then I made a trip out to TaylorMade who I've, who I've been with since like, I, or maybe not been with, but I've played 13 or 14 clubs and used their golf ball since 2011. Long time. Long time. And yeah. it was just kind of, you know, the easiest thing in college to get our hands on. We were kind of a tailor-made school. So it was, just, you know, they always picked up the phone and they were, they didn't, well, they weren't as willing to like give us equipment as they, you know, would be now to me, but they were certainly great. Always taking good care of me and, and my teammates. Um, but I want, I, we, so I qualify, go out to tailor-made and it's, you know, they're, definitely going to give you a driver and a three wood. I want to kind of hit those and see, okay, the new one. Yeah. For me, it's usually the new one. Honestly, the new one usually is good. It usually, when they send it to me, spins a little bit much. And so they have to either take loft off or like make the shaft heavier. And then it's okay. This is perfect. I'm just going to use it. So I got some woods and I was like, I, you know, I'm using these, I think they were the PSI irons that are already like a year, year and a half old. I was like, is there any way that I could hit the new irons? Like, yeah, you could, but you know, we'd, we'd have to charge you for them, you know, would charge you less, you know, at, at cost or whatever it is. And I just kind of laughed, you know, like I barely have enough money to travel to like the first three or four events. I'm not buying a set of irons. Um, so I won the Latin America money list at some point in the next like month or so between the interaction with TaylorMade and the start of the year, my seven iron broke. And I don't remember breaking it out of, um, anger i think it just kind of you took a swing and it just kind of snapped somewhere or was bent or something like that maybe i i it definitely 96 percent sure it was not out of anger four percent yeah may, maybe maybe it was keep dropping that number so he down. snapped it right over yeah. yeah but i i played you know pretty high level professional golf and successfully i won the money list at the end of the year with a ping seven iron that i had used probably uh, my freshman year of college, 2010, that was like two or two and a half degrees upright. Everything else was standard. Uh, the PSI irons were, you know, by the end of the year, uh, full, like almost three years old. Uh, and it was great. Like, I mean, I had a putter that I'd been using for, you know, three or four years. It's this, I got a new one, but it's the same thing I use now. It was just the, the spider center shafted you know, I think spider center shafted yeah. covers it. I'm sure there's probably another like a letter spider you know, X yeah, or we whatever don't, we it don't is. Need the technical yeah. Stuff on this podcast. Um, but yeah, that, so that was it. And then, you know, winning the money list gets me fully exempt on the corn fairy tour. So next thing you know, it's, Hey, we can, you know, outfit you with a set of irons now. You don't for, have to swap your credit card. I don't, I don't have to pay for them. And you know, at that point it's like, do I keep going down this road? Cause I literally, I mean, I struck it so well, out on, you know, PJ Tour Latin America throughout that year. It's like, I mean, I might even keep this ping seven iron. That, and honestly, if I ever needed, it was so upright. If I ever needed to draw it, it was just kind of like, I'm just going to try to get my seven iron in my hands because it was just, I'm a, I'm a fader of the ball, but, and I don't really like drawing it. I don't do it that successfully, but that ping seven iron hooked. So it was just kind of like, anytime I had the seven iron, I knew I was like, all right, just aim right and hit it. I mean, it was very, like that was, and I need to get back to more of that. Yes, now I'm afforded the ability to walk in the truck and get whatever I want. I also at some point heard somebody say the guys that spend more time in the equipment trailer throughout a week are the guys that miss cuts, you know, and don't. So I don't go in there. And it's I, I love the guys in there that, you know, the tailor-made guys that are on site are so fun to hang out with. But, like, I don't. 
I'm here to do my job and get better and get ready to play a tournament. I'm, I'm good, man. I don't need to go in there and like hang out. It's not like I hang out when I'm done for the day. I'm not, I'll go in there maybe once. I probably should do this more often to get my lofts and lies checked. Uh, very rarely regrip my clubs, you know, maybe once a year, once every 18 months, I'll go get new grips, but I'm a big fan of, you know, older, more worn grips. So it is, it, it literally apples to oranges. I played with a, you know, mixed set of irons. I don't know how mixed, you know, one sub in is, Still but they were old and, and I did, I used, um, those PS, I got a seven iron after, you know, after becoming fully exempt on the corn Ferry tour after the year in PGA tour Latin America. And I, I got a seven iron, but I used those PSI irons until about the middle of the year. And then I just had them, I was like, I don't want to do the new ones yet just give me these again and fortunately they still had some psi irons laying around so i put a new set in and kept having success and i'm pretty sure i played two or three events on the pj tour in the fall with the the same set of irons some of them were the six iron was so good the the, the grip on my six iron was worn just right and it was so i kept the six iron in there for a while you're um, so funny with the grips you like them really worn oh, and slippery yeah. we were talking about yeah. that at dinner the other night yeah there are times you know all the caddies you, you watch guys warming up on the range and they got the you know wet end of the towel and they so they wet the wet the grip and then dry it you know get whatever gunk or you know is in there over the time and there are times where i have to tell my brother like nah don't wipe them down this time i, I like the way they feel now and then there's other times it's like ow you got to wipe these things like <laughs> hard i mean let it rip it's you know i think there there's something you know i'm kind of discovering as i'm saying all this there is kind of something to it and i've stuck true to that pretty much i mean new equipment comes out if they hey we'd like you to you know hit this try this um if i do and it's you know performs as i think it should i'll just put it in the bag i don't really i it doesn't really make a difference to me whether it's new or old clearly i mean i had great success at you know the pro level with stuff that was old beat up and mismatched mismatched and, yeah. yeah i love it i got one more so we're out at band and a lot of people you know they make trips like this groups of buddies what are some of your rules to have a great buddies trip what are some of your pro tips man that is a great one and you know unfortunately the or, I mean, you know, fortunately, maybe more so unfortunately, the the more success I have, the more, you know, and the more this turns into a job, the the less I find myself, you know, traveling to destinations as great as this to, to play golf and to like play friendly, fun golf, even at home. You know, it's like, ah, I need to practice. I need to take care of this, this and this. Um, but I have certainly gone through, I think, more great play when I do just go out and have fun with friends and, and maybe take a trip here and there rules would be tough because I don't know that there really are any rules that, that you should follow to have a great trip. Like other than don't hold up the group behind you. Like there aren't, I'm obviously totally cool with music. Um, if the, the place, I mean, maybe follow the rules of whatever the club or destination is that you're visiting. Like, I would wear a t-shirt out here if they would let me. Like, I don't really understand what's so bad about that. As long as you don't hold up the golf course and you don't, you know, you know places uh, places that, you know, allow or force you to take caddies, always tip your caddies well. That's a good rule. Um, gosh, but other than that, there's really nothing, man. Like, start drinking when you want. Like, everybody just 
whatever you can Love do it. to have the most fun, like you're literally paying to be there, just do what you want to do. Don't don't be an asshole. Don't get in people's way. You know, don't slow people up and take good care of the golf course. Yeah, the rules. Don't don't be an asshole. Don't slow people up. Take care of the golf course and take care of your caddies. That's Other a new than that, t-shirt getting made right yeah, there with that slogan. Yeah. Other than that, let it rip. I mean, <laughs> if you want to have a drink at seven a.m. and you know during breakfast, that's fine. If and honestly, like I don't, I haven't done enough of these to really know. But if you know you're scheduled like like we were here to play thirty six holes, you don't want to play in the afternoon. Don't play, man. Like <laughs> God, do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> Go have fun. Like, you're, you're literally paying to be here and do this. Just go have fun. Who cares? If you want to wear – if they let you wear a T-shirt, wear a T-shirt, man. Like, and then, you know, maybe gamble. I, I always – when I do it and we do it with buddies, make – and it doesn't have to be for much. Just something. Make it – yeah, make it competitive. Like, got to get some. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. probably stop keeping score and worrying about your score. Maybe play more match play. Love it. That's why the two-man best ball is so good. Yeah. You could just have your partner pick up when they're out of the hole. We've, like, we don't need to watch you make nine. Yes, we, we and we've even done up. some, you know, back home, some play days at, at Trinity Force where it's, you know, we play nine holes best ball and we play nine holes alternate shot. Like, that's fun. Don't be afraid to, to mix it up. Go play a scramble. I'm, I'll go play a scramble with my friends. They love it because I do a lot of the hard work and they basically get to make or miss a putt for birdie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like to go first though, because they don't putt it well enough that I get glean any information from the, the putts that they've hit. It makes the yeah. read more difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love it. Awesome, Harry. Thanks for your time, man. Cheers, fellas. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. And that'll do it for episode 102 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you're looking for more gear news, you can find us on social media. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Always appreciate you listening. See you next week. <laughs>